Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. Uh, another episode usually means that I'm in another coffee shop is where I record these, uh, which is good because I love coffee. And today I'm sitting here with one of my ex-ACS classmates, Tarasilla Bradberg. Welcome, Taru. Thank you, Tish, and uh, good morning. It's always nice to always come and have a catch-up with you. Yes, even though you don't drink coffee, I'm always drinking by myself. But um, today we're going to have a bit of a chat around teenage girls. Taru has a huge heart for young people. Um, but I just want to say um, we went to ACS together all those years and Taru is one of the reasons why I'm back in Fiji regularly. She reached out to me via Facebook about 2018 it might have been and just said, can you come? And I came and then I've just kept coming. Um, and a big part of that is because of your heart for young people and just the issues you're seeing. What, what do you think the, the young people of Fiji are facing right now? Thanks, Tish. I mean, uh, you and I would know that there are so many issues that, uh, you know, our young people are facing. And, you know, given the, with internet, um, there's more issues uh, that young people are facing. Um, like you know, like never before, um, um, and so issues around teenage pregnancy, as you would know, um, issues around rejection, um, um, you know, issues around just identity, um, self-worth. Um, so there's just not, I guess not enough support uh, that we give to our young people even though you know we do have government programs um, we do have uh, programs that are run by organizations by the church but often the question that we you know we ask is are we addressing um, the real issues the root causes of why a lot of these issues um, you know that are happening that young people face today, and a lot of it, you know, goes right back to the family. You know, it seems to always point back to our families. So yeah, those are real issues that you've pinpointed, and I love that you just don't you just don't point out the problems, but you put up your hand to be part of the solution. Now you work full time at APTC. You're the president of the YWCA. On Saturdays, your day off, you're down at your church teaching your young people John Maxwell leadership skills. Uh, Sundays, you're back at the youth service. So you're giving your life when you would be easy, and your mother too, be easy just to sit back and relax. But um, you actually put up your hand to be part of the solution. So thank you for that hard work. Now, you and I have um, ganged up together with a group of other young people um, to run Bella camps. And these are something I've run in Australia. Bella means beautiful girl. And we just want to see a generation of beautiful young women raised up, not just about outward appearance, but um, the inward, um, beautiful relationships, beautiful everything. So we have kind of brought this concept to Fiji and we gathered a group of young leaders from different churches and we've run two days now so far. Um, why have you wanted to get behind this initiative? Well, first, because I'm a mother. I have a 10-year-old 
daughter and I you know I love her very much and I I you know I recognize that she's growing up in a very different society as opposed to when I grew up back in the islands and uh, I want my daughter to understand that she's loved by God um, and that she has a bright future ahead of her and you know often I think we do not say enough or firm enough to our children you know uh, being a working mother and sometimes you know travel does get in the way um, but when you have you know um, good awareness of um, your calling and your responsibility um, you know you then ask okay am I giving enough attention to my 10 year old so um, yeah and that's why I really do love what I'm doing working with young girls and I just see there's a great need out there I grew up in a women's organization a Christian women's organization and benefited from uh, some of the girls programs that were run by the YWCA then and we don't see much of those programs anymore so young people some you know are looking for answers and sometimes the internet social media is probably the instant answer that gives them because it's right there on their fingertips so we need to create those spaces where we hear them but we also affirm them and 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 uh, share with them that um, you know the truth and the our truth is from God and God says you know they are made in his image in his likeness they are beautiful um, and they were wired for greatness, Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, and so nothing else matters. If they get, you know, with social media, um, if they don't get any likes, doesn't matter because the God that we serve says, you're beautiful, you are liked, you are loved. So we need to talk about that more with our girls. So creating those spaces, making time for them, sit with them, listen with them, is so important. And we've seen that from the last two camps we've done, the one in October last year, and the one last Saturday. Yes, we um, work hard at creating a space where girls can share, because I don't think it, um it always happens in their families necessarily or their churches. So one of the sessions we did last week was um, where our leaders, our great amazing group of leaders, most of them in their 20s, early 30s, they just got up and shared for two minutes just a word of something that they struggled with as a teenage girl. So we had fatherlessness, you know, girls whose dads weren't around. We had pornography, because girls struggle with pornography. We had abuse, uh, self-image, rejection, and our leaders were just so beautifully honest. And then after that, we went into small groups. All our girls were in small groups with leaders, and that created a space then for them to be honest um, and share their hearts. And those groups went for about an hour, which um, me and you were just um, eating our lunch and they were still going but how important what what do you think that did for these girls being able to share what was going on in their life you know it give them it just uh, gave them an opportunity to be open and to know that whatever I'm going to share I am not going to be judged or be ridiculed um, that I'm sharing 
something that another girl will also be going through in her family. Um, and so, you know, and I'm allowed to cry. Um, and I'm allowed to pour my heart out. Um, you know, and so, for example, my daughter, um, who said, um, you know, mom, I shared. And so my, my daughter, my 10-year-old girl is very shy. And she said, I said, okay, sweetheart, what did you share? And she said, oh, I just talked about being shy. Being, and I struggle with being shy um, and making friends. And, you know, that for me was just so empowering to know that a 10-year-old girl can share her heart out in her group. And having uh, just a matured leader to not say anything, but just to listen. And I think that's what our daughters, our girls need. Not for us to say anything, just listen to me. Yeah, so that for me that was just so important that we did that in the groups um, just giving them an opportunity to pour their hearts and to listen um, and to know that they are not alone with whatever they are going through uh, and they are um, bigger sisters who care for them and who have also walked that road uh, and there is help and most importantly that there is God who loves them so yeah, it is so powerful. Um, and at the end of the day, as we debriefed, we sat in a circle with all the girls. We had about 30 teenage girls and just trying to get their feedback on whether the day was helpful. But I think everyone said the most impacting thing was that group time where they could speak. And quite often when we run programs for young people, we get them together and we speak at them. <laughs> I'm guilty of this and we tell them this and this and this and this, uh, which there's an element but then creating that space where they can speak brings just as much, it's just as effective. Um, and for your daughter to be self-aware at the age of 10 and to be able to express to her peers that I'm shy, that is huge. Uh, and that brings healing and hope. So um, we love that space and we hope we can continue to develop that. And I would just, I just think as churches, we don't do this well, um, sharing, being vulnerable and open. And there's time and a space for this, but we don't create the environment um, as adults, let alone for our kids. So we went from that session and after lunch we brought in some young men. These were, again, Christian, good, good Christian young men who have genuine relationships with Jesus who are in their 20s. We did some fun kind of icebreakers with them. Um, but then we did a panel and the girls wrote out some really uh, insightful questions asking these guys, you know, what, what are they looking for? They're both single, so what are, what are they looking for in a girl? What, do, what are the attractive qualities and the unattractive qualities? Um, how do 14-year-old boys view girls? And so we got an inside look into um, the life of boys from these older, mature men. Again, uh, from your point of view as a mother... How important is, is it to put good role model men in front of our girls? Um, it's very important, uh, you know, because men demonstrate power, protection, uh, safety, uh, and it's important for our girls to know that there are good men out there, good Christian men who love God first and foremost, and, um, you know, love... Um, women around them and so it's important for us for girls to hear their views around how do they see women you know 
uh, and it's so beautiful for them to say that you know they see them in the image of God and I think it's always important that we it's to always talk about seeing people around us from God's lenses because I mean it's never easy because we're always having those judgmental lenses all the time and because like for us we're a small community we know each other it's very hard to or be intentional to have God's lens always so you know it was beautiful to hear the two men say that uh, but also questions around okay what if a 15 year old boy comes and says I love you does he really mean that and for them to say no and then for you to you know be able to um, share with the girls that a boy's brain does not fully develop until he's 25 and a girl's brain 22 so they need to you know understand that doesn't mean anything when a 15-year-old he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's still being looked after and being cared for by their parents. So things like that, you know, we don't talk about and we don't hear enough from our uh, from good men, good Christian men, good Christian fathers. Um, so yeah, they need to. It was very important so that they see men and there's hope that we have uh, good Christian men and they represent. God and safety and protection and um, yeah, an, an enabling and empowering environment for girls to be able to grow and, and be empowered. There is so much pressure on girls to be dating someone and even last week as I was speaking at some of the girls' schools here in Suva um, and I would say to them... You, you don't have you don't need a boyfriend it's okay to be single I'm single it's okay and I'd almost see this collective sigh over hundreds of girls just go oh thank goodness I don't have to date um, because there's so much pressure to, to be with this or find their value so um, that was a, another part of our big message on the camp enjoy your teenage years as girls develop your friendships you know give it give back to the community get involved in sport be friends with the boys. I think that's important, but you don't need to kiss them all. <laughs> um, I asked a girl on camp, so what do you even do with your boyfriend? Like, what's the point of dating? Are you going to marry him? No way, was her comment. I'm not going to date. I'm not going to marry him. So why are you with him? I don't know. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's so funny. It, it is the peer pressure. And I think we talked about that last, last Saturday. Just... <laughs> Uh, so much peer pressure. Uh, I need to be part of my group, the cool group. Um, and so just the pressure on our girls to be like this or like that or to be like what they see on social media. It's, it's really huge. So it's, it's those kinds of camps, like what you said, when you tell them it's okay to be single. Like you said, it's like, what? Yeah. No, I had a, a really cute little girl come up to me after and she's dating a guy and she said, I just want to be single. I want to be single, but how do I break up with him? <laughs> so I said, well, just message him and tell him you want to be single. So I think giving our young people permission, hey, um, that they don't have to go the way that the, their peers say. So we ended our day with a session on friendship again because friends are such a big part of girls lives and they can either make or break their life so we had a leader just give some helpful tips around friendship but then we did something where we put a piece of paper we pin a 
kind of piece of cardboard to a girl's back and the girls then just go write positive affirmations on each other's back. How did you find that session? It's just so beautiful for them to, you know, just be quiet and they walk around and they write uh, an affirming message, a positive message uh, on the cardboards that were pinned on the girl's back. And um, yeah, um, I mean, I read what was written on my daughter's, you know, you are beautiful, you are intelligent. Um, God's got you, Um, your smile is beautiful, you know, so cute and innocent. And that's what we need to also um, drive that message that enjoy your innocence and as a child, um, because you will become an adult. So whilst you're still being a child, enjoy it. It was just so beautiful to watch all of them, enjoy the moment to, can I write something on your back? Can I write something on your back? You know, Um, yeah, we just don't affirm one another enough. I mean, look at what goes on on social media, Tish. Um, And if this is, and if, you know, you get worried that this is a generation that will even grow into a more toxic <clears throat> environment just by reading what we as adults <laughs> post on social media. So we need uh, to take time to affirm our children, our daughters especially. And so it was just a beautiful way to end the day by affirming one another, by being in the moment and write a beautiful message to someone you um, have just met for the first time during the camp. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've been so surprised at how well it's gone and how, like, it, you know, we could spend an hour doing it, but we we got to cut it off because time was up a bit. But I think, too, because girls, we can be known for being um, really mean with our words. So mean. Um, but how often, especially at that age, do we stop and affirm one another? So providing that space and just seeing them get into it. Uh, there's power and, and death in the... Life and death and the power of the tongue isn't there, so teaching them another way around. Um, Just as we finish, uh, people who follow this podcast and follow me know that um, I'm I'm really big on giving women a voice. Um, And the big difference, actually, I've I've run 65 camps with Australian girls and two for Fijian girls. Fijian girls are so quiet, so quiet, which is kind of nice. It makes it a bit easier, but then it's painful because they don't speak up. How can we, and I know it's a lot to do with the culture, but you and I have discussed before, um, there's nowhere in the Bible where God silences women. Um, In fact, when Jesus came to earth, you know, he just released them to speak and Uh, do everything that a man could do. So culturally, how from a young age can we begin to teach our daughters that their voice is important? Yeah, I always believe that everything begins at home, Tish. Uh, And so um, if the home is is the enabling environment for our daughters to be able to express themselves and be open and be encouraged, uh, because I see it with my daughter, like she said, she's shy. Um, so sometimes it's very hard for her to open up and her tears will just tell you a thousand things that's happening 
And so we have to be intentional about really creating this at home. In the community at large, we have a lot uh, to do, a lot of work in the church, in our villages, in our communities, even as a nation, even though there's so many work around, you know, women's empowerment, women's rights. Um, but we forget that there's this um, important <coughs> target group, our girls, who need uh, a lot of support and a lot of our schools, you know, how we value our girls, our respect. And I know I may have shared this with you uh, in one of our John Maxwell um, uh, sessions where we were talking about relationships. And so I asked, and they were all girls. And so I asked the question, okay, when you hear the word relationships, uh, what comes to mind? Obviously, one of them said, boys. I said, okay, what about boys? Uh, and then I said, well, absolutely. You know, as you grow up, uh, you will look at a boy. And they said, oh, he's, he's handsome. He's wearing a nice shirt. And that's natural. That's all part of growth. And the same with, you know, a boy will see you and say, oh, she's beautiful. She's wearing a nice dress. Um, what else? What else comes to your mind when you, um, or you think about when you hear the word relationship? And then one of them said, uh, respect. Yes, absolutely respect. What about respect? And then she says, uh, that girls should respect boys. And I could just feel like, hmm, okay. And then I said, okay, what about boys? And you know, you would have thought that they would instantly jump. Yes, boys should. Silence. No one said anything. And you know, I was sharing, like I shared with you, you know, it really gave me an insight into, okay, what are they saying? What do they say at home? Uh, if it's so hard for them to jump and say that boys should respect girls. Uh, but for them, it was about girls should respect boys. And I mean, this is my small group of girls in my church, in my John Maxwell <laughs> teen session, you know, so that speaks volume a lot about what's happening in our homes, in our communities. And like I said, it begins from home and then it goes out into the community. Well, thank you for what you do, beginning in your home. Um, and then I know your husband's very at, um, very passionate about working in the sports area with young men, doing a great job there, you with your young people. So thank you for all that you do. I love partnering and working with you and we look forward to hopefully running some more days in the future when I come back and um, just seeing this message of value, beauty and purpose um, into the hearts and lives of young Fijian girls right across the nation. So thank you and God bless. I see your suffering I see the pain Beneath that bull of smile Come out from hiding The sun is rising Let the islands hear easily